0: Anytime, we around, it go down, we major. Anytime, we around, it go, down, we oh, shit. it go down, we major. Down and down and down again, oh. I got so high left my frown on the wind. Oh. Hard, I try, never try it again, cause these niggas is lying again. Oh. Oh. I'm a black lion, I roll like a tire, girl in my dreams, I don't sleep, I don't oh, find her. If they sleep and they need a reminder, this is for niggas who thinkin' we minor. Niggas. Hey, what's up everybody, welcome to the... I guess the second Wednesday show? <laughs> uh, I don't know. The third show. This is called the third show because by the time you guys hear this, it'll be after the original Wednesday show drops. So. Um, like I said, we're doing this the rest of September because everything was happening with AEW. Um, so we have, what, this week we have technically, what, three more weeks of this? And then we'll go back to our regularly scheduled programming. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who are asking, I have yet to watch any of She-Hulk. Like I see the memes that her twerking with Megan Thee Stallion, but um, I've actually stayed away. But honestly, there's been no spoilers. Like you guys, truly, I, I said this last week. You guys truly hate that show. Um, but we are at the mid-season for now, uh, mid-season right now. Point. I think it's episode five tomorrow is dropping. Um, so I'm honestly, I'm good. Because <laughs> um, I, I, I probably the week that is the final week, like episode nine, I will probably start watching then. Um, but I'm actually in no rush. Um, this, Honestly, as you guys have noticed, the wrestling podcast keeps us pretty, pretty busy. And then on top of that, we were already booked out for the Wednesday show for all September already. So the show's been pretty freaking packed already. So, no, to, have nice, to answer your question, I have not seen it. Um, but um, I am looking forward to watching it because I am a huge she fan. So that's pretty cool. Um, so first, let's get to... What do we want to talk about first before we get to dynamite? Um hmm, where do I want to go? I <laughs> have so many notes written down for the, the the Monday podcast already. Um, let's just bring up the drama first. So the young bucks, apparently, as I was recording last week, I seen that put out feel- First of all, let's get this out of the way. <laughs> they will be stupid to not put out feelers. And if you guys remember, most of you guys probably don't, um, when the Bucks were being courted originally before AEW was created, when they were being courted, they were being courted by Triple H for NXT, and the Bucks were very complimentary of Triple H, saying how nice he was, how how um, um, he put out, uh, how he was super cool. Like they were very complimentary of how he they were treated, and they felt they would be treated well under the Triple H regime, so they would be stupid to not do that. Edge has done that. Randy Orton has done that to get bigger contracts with WWE and the contracts they actually wanted. Like, the thing we forget is Randy Orton was actually, I'm sure he was labeled as a full-time wrestler, but he was really a part-time wrestler. And then the RK-Bro thing just went and caught fire. And he would, he would be foolish not to take the extra money. You know, let's go to this house show. I could do half the work. And it's just, it's, it's just dumb not to. But um, I know the Bucs have said they have not put out fillers. First of all, they are going to put out fillers. Because let's, let's remember, they didn't sign a new contract last year. Their option was picked up by Tony Khan. So they're actually under contract until 2024. They didn't need to sign a new contract. It's similar to these football players or these basketball players. I know we don't usually hear this in the wrestling world very often where options are actually picked up. Usually it's just either they come to a new agreement or the person moves on or they move, mutually move on, but yeah their option was picked up. They actually did not sign a new contract, so they couldn't get out of it even if they want to. Now they do have leverage. If you tell if Tony if you're Tony Khan and you're a Bucks or Omega and Tony Khan says hey um I'm gonna rip you of your EVP status, you can go. At that point in time you're just a wrestler at that point. You know, so let's just get that out the way. Um, being the elite, BTE is actually going on hiatus for a bit. Um, you guys had to expect this. I mean, this is a very serious situation. Um, the fact that it's become a legal matter and now you have third party people getting investigated. And uh, the good thing is the people who were breaking up the fight like Brandon Cutler, Nakazawa, Pat Buck, their suspensions have been lifted. Just cause, And they had to do that. It's corporate. So, like, for those of you guys who don't work in corporate or or never have or not yet, essentially, this is how it is. I remember I was um, using another personal experience, since you guys seem to like when I talk about that type of stuff. Um, That's not sarcasm, by the way. I appreciate the feedback. Um, Essentially, let me erase this. Sorry about that. Essentially, um, what happened was, so... Imagine this. We're in a warehouse. I'll, I'll keep the company's name to to out of it. But we're in a warehouse. I mean, it's not bashing the company, but whatever. So, anyways, we're in a warehouse working, and um, I don't I don't know the start of it. I just remember hearing a loud, loud yelling. Let me tell you something. Something. When you have a warehouse with conveyor belts that are going, plus just humans being around that's a loud facility like so you can talk it's not it's so loud you can't talk it's not like being at a concert but like to hear it and i was usually working in the back of the warehouse but to hear it i'm like dang that sounds like it's pretty far fucking away and um i remember vividly um i'm saying to myself what is going on and i usually run my own business but i had someone a co-worker that, like walk, like, walk down, right, and we had these go-karts, I call them go-karts, they were, I, I don't know what they were, but they were go-karts, What we drove around in, when you're a certain person, I was a, I was a a QA clerk, and so, this, this person who, I never seen her walk before, she, she, she was always driving the go-kart, she walking, and I'm looking, like, I see someone coming, and I see her, and she, like, is waving me to come, like, like the referees do, like, she's waving me to come, like, and she's like this and she puts her I'm, it's the audio fucking um i'm doing visual but she put her put her finger to her lips like don't say anything don't yell at me nothing so she's waving and doing this at the same time I'm like all right what the fuck so i get up i start running right and because and honestly at that point i didn't because i was so used to do either using the cart or walking i could do both it didn't even matter to me but i got up and started running to her and she's like Put, like, puts the brakes on me, like, as I'm getting closer, so I don't make any noise, so she, and she's like, waving me, she's not saying a fucking word, so all of a sudden we go, like, we go into some offices, and then all of a sudden I'm just looking, and all of a sudden you see these two just going, and they're face to face, they're nose to nose, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on, and then all of a sudden, one of the dudes, he just swung, I guess it was one, it was, it's like the line I heard from the great late Nate Dog either I get swing on, get swung on. And he just went, because they were nose to nose when I got there. 10 seconds later, fists are not flying. Now it's this huge thing. And now people who are on top of the conveyor belts doing packages, they're looking. And like some people, now I see some people who are like right next to them. Now they're just letting go. Finally, I said, hey, I, I say to her, her name was Courtney. I said, yo, Courtney, we need to get out of here. Like, we, because we don't, we don't want to be a part of whatever the fuck this is. And she was already on camera in the middle of that, because I guess she was trying to stop them from arguing. So, So, she was like, you think so? I said, dude, this is about to get, this is already ugly. It's a fight happening. So, I walk away. And so, Courtney stays there and looking. And as I'm walking away, the fight, now people are starting to break it up. So now the fight is, oh, just, they, they can't stop him to try and pull him off. Now it's all now it's on the ground. People are rolling around. I'm looking back, just walking away. Long story short, come in the next day. And my boss was like, one of my bosses was like, hey, just so you know, uh, a bunch of people are going to be suspended or or even fired. And I was like, all right, what you telling me for? Well, we were reviewing the cameras. We saw as you were looking at one point in time. I guess, technically, uh, when they were timing every, everything, I was there for about a total of 25 to 30 seconds. That's how fast everything happened once I got over there. And they saw you walk away, so you're not in it. Like You just walked away. Um, but the people who are breaking it up, like we are still getting so many different stories. Does this sound familiar to you guys at all? And so, legitimately, we, we're seeing so many different Hearing so many different stories now about how it started, but you're there, and it just depends on corporate and if they, they're trying to term like some like everything is based off of what corporate can be deemed liable for. Any tiny bit of liability is too much liability. Does that make any sense? So I said, okay, and I was actually worried for my my job because I didn't I legit didn't do anything. And some people will say that's a problem. You should have been breaking it up. But then you're in the middle of it. So you should not be doing it. Once again, it's just what corporate deems liability. And like I said, any little tiny bit of liability is too much liability. So anyways, I remember uh, maybe a day later, two days later, it was pretty fast. Come in, and they say, hey, uh, they wanted to write you up, but there's nothing to really write you up on. Because here's the problem. If you go over there and get in the middle of it, now you're in the middle of it. Only thing you did, you saw it, once you saw the fight going, you walked away. So I remember my my terminal manager was like, because I guess he was the one that pushed back on me being fired or suspended or, or written up or whatever it was. I think it was right up excuse me. And he was like, well, what did he do wrong? He legit like, was called over because you see her and Courtney on camera calling me over. And then all of a sudden you see... I guess I was on camera telling her to go away. I guess you could see me motion for her to go away. And she ended up getting fired over it, actually. Because she stood there. Apparently, she was there the entire time. And I guess at one point in time on the camera, they saw her get up and leave her cage to, like, to get in the middle of two. But it looked like she was kind con- And once again, once again, corporate, and a little bit of liability, I'm doing air quotes, you can't see me doing air quotes. It looked like she, at one point in time, was... Uh, elevating or escalating excuse me the situation and so she didn't get fired over it. the two guys that fought got fired over like 10 people got suspended and like four more people got fired because i guess when you looked at every angle you could see legitimately someone yelling and look like they were what's getting escalating. once again it's all about perception and so this is this is a good thing but it's very very dude you can get fucked over in the corporate world, not just because of um, the normal things that corporations do, but because you just being around. And it's just like, well, you're around, and so it's a problem. We don't even want to see it. We don't even want to deal with it. We don't want someone else coming back and saying, well, this person has a job, so why don't I have a job? It's, it's a very, very fucking thin line. So I I get it. I've been there before. And and I remember afterwards, uh, my assistant terminal manager, we were really close. We were talking and legitimately, um, he said to me, he said, dude, one, you're lucky. Two, we could have gotten a lawsuit from, he told me it's in private. We could have gotten a lawsuit from you if we would have suspended or fired you or even written you up and i was like once again this is my first corporate job so i don't know the minutiae like it and i nothing was actually explained to me and honestly it's one of those things where you just kind of have to live the experience and he said he said dude think about it he said think about know your rights know your rights which is i suggested to everybody and he said know your rights dude he said, think about this on camera it's proof that we see courtney In the middle of something, she walks over and calls you over. We see this on every camera angle. You come over thinking something's happening. All of a sudden, you walk away within 25 to 30 seconds, and then we have you on camera telling her to go away, and she doesn't listen. You legitimately did nothing wrong. There's nothing to break. At that point in time, there's so many people in the fracas. There's nothing to break up. You can't add to it. You you can't take away from it. You can only add to it. And I was like, wow. And I hadn't thought about that. Because once again, this was my first job I got promoted at. And I was just super happy to be consistently working. And I didn't know about the balance and everything like this that you have to have. And for sure, next thing you know, I was like, wow, that's... I just didn't see that coming. That was, that's the crazy part about it. So anyways, um, it's good that they're back. But that, that was a part of it. So I know some people were asking me, this is BS. And blah. blah. I said, well, honestly... And that's why I address a lot of stuff on here and not necessarily message email, all these long emails back to all you guys because it's just not worth it. But, um, yeah, that's usually what happens in those type of situations, and I've been through it, so that's why I can speak on it. Um, the punk and the, and, and the elite, the punk, CM Punk and the elite are actually removed from all advertising. Like I said, this is going to get uglier before it gets better. So for you guys, for you guys and gals that listen to the podcast and, and you think that, um, this is gonna get better no it's gonna be ugly and it could get uglier less from punk side and more from the elites and the bucks or the elite side depending on what the punishment is so moving forward uh we also have some news um let's get this down um tbs and tnt could add more wrestling themed shows kathleen finch spoke to deadline kathleen finch is the chief content officer for wb she said due to the success of AEW, it fits what they're trying to do they're trying to do less shows like snow piercer like original content because if you guys remember if none of you guys who listen to this podcast i'm surprised you guys are a lot younger so you guys weren't even around during the attitude era so you guys would understand tnt and tbs The Turner Broadcasting Stations were built on the back of syndication and built on the back of just old movies. They didn't really start delving into original programming until the mid-2000s. And to be honest with you, it made them relevant again for me, and I would say in general, because you go from, all right, you have this great success with WCW. And you also have these movies you have that you purchase the rights to, and this is before Netflix. TNT I, I considered the Netflix because they would have movies they would be highly, highly, heavily, high, I say uh, heavily ed- uh, edited. So a lot of times you can, you no, know, and plus you have the commercials, but you still got to see these movies that you probably wouldn't, that you probably couldn't see if you didn't have HBO, and because you had to pay for HBO, you still have to pay for HBO and stars and stuff like that. But the point is. You had these shows, I mean, excuse me, these, these movies that you just watch. So now you have the four-hour Titanic. Now and that takes up four-hour blocks, and they'll play it all night long. Then they lost that, and then they start getting into original programming. And what put them on the map for me was leverage. That's actually the only reason I'm actually excited to see um, Black Adam. Like, Algis Hodges is his, one of my favorite actors. He's a. Have you ever hear him talk? You Hear your story, dude. This dude, he's like he knows like ten languages. I'm exaggerating, but he knows a lot of languages. He's super talented, and to see him being in a lead role, like I hope this. Like for as much as I don't believe this is going to be a good movie, and I literally just texted Jonathan Estes when the, the second trailer came out. I said they literally showed the same fucking things. He was like, "It was a little more context." I was like, "Man, this dude, fuck all the way off with your positivity." We saw maybe three new. Air quotes scenes where we have algis Hodges Hawkman say, Hey, we are here to um to help you surrender peacefully, or whatever he said. And i think we saw a little more of Dr. Fate, Adam Smasher, and Cyclone. That Justice League Society of America. Otherwise, we didn't see much new, dude. It was the same shit. Which I was like, dude, this could be the Morbius of DC. If this shit are they putting the best scenes in the fucking trailer? And if these are the best scenes. God help them. Do I think that? No. Am I expecting that? Yes. Funny part is I think of this as I'm texting Jonathan Esther. I kept on my Netflix Morbius is on fucking Netflix. And uh and I told him, I said, Jonathan Esther, as punishment, you should make your daughter watch it. Whenever she gets online, sit her in front of the TV and say, You deserve this. You deserve this. Um, no, I'm not watching that shit. Um I, I would have to be really fucking bored to watch that shit um but anyways but um that the point of it is that's why i was happy before because i remember watching leverage i have not seen a reboot i think the reboot's on what is the reboot's on some streaming service anyway that i'm not gonna pay i'm not paying for another fucking streaming service um but that's what got me into it and then that's when they started their original program because leverage was a big hit for them um and then it was some other shows a bunch of other shows i believe uh what is it, Rizzoli and Isles and The Closer. It was a lot of shit they did. Um, and it put them back on the map. But once again, those things are expensive, especially as you're keeping up with competition. And also, I want to say before Netflix, definitely before Netflix, these people were the ones doing the 10 to 12 to 14 episode seasons. They kind of started that trend because the production value was so high, but they were able to get more story in. And more seasons in and also i will say this they just did not cancel any shows like they just didn't cancel everything it wouldn't be like one season oh that's kind of fucking dope next thing you know well we have fun. like that they they weren't known for doing that i will give them in the cw that like i remember the cw owner i don't know if it's still the same owner or not probably not now but i remember the cw owner that rebooted beverly hills 90210 and i remember that dipped in the rings hard and someone said, hey, why are you bringing it back? Because they've still got 3.5 million people watching. They deserve an ending. That's not their fault that 10 other million people stopped watching. That's our fault. And so he said they deserve it. And I remember him giving endings to a live TV shows. Look at, this, look at the longevity of those shows on the CW. Supernatural was like 13 seasons. Or something like that. That show never ended. Rosola and Isles went for like seven, seven or eight seasons. Um, and whether you think the quality dipped or not, that's fine. That's a that's a whole different fucking podcast. But the point of it, all of it, is is that um, it, it's just one of those things where they were known for that. So she said, "We're trying to get away from that. It's too expensive. We're trying to stay more of a sports based thing." Which, let's be honest, the legacy of Ted Turner. He loved professional wrestling why wouldn't he want more wrestling shows now obviously they do they do need a reality show to replace roads to the top i don't know who that would be um that's because cody Rhodes is marketable he made himself very marketable once he once he started getting into a lot of stuff um i don't know who that person is currently that, that, that could do it but i also haven't thought about it either if i'm being fair so um uh, but I thought that was very interesting. I know a lot of people are like, well, they they make shit up AEW. I mean, they can always do that, but then they're losing programming that they're losing programming that's doing well for them. So, if you try to have more sports based sports based things, I, I think it's the way to go it is professional wrestling. So, just want to put that out there to you guys. Let's talk about Dynamite a little bit. Uh, John Moxley or Sammy Guevara started this off. This was a foreseen victory for John Moxley. Um, that's why I would prefer Darby. It would have be been more suspense. You would, wouldn't have known, but maybe they, I mean, Darby already took a loss to fucking Sammy Guevara. Maybe it just, I don't know what this was, about. I think this was a bad call. I think Darby should have been put in this match, but it looks like the, the only outcome they're having here anyway is Moxley, you're back. We need you again. You have vacation. Let's just make you a three-time world champion. And let's talk about this other thing before we move forward. So I had somebody tell me they had John Moxley fatigue, and I asked them, I asked a few other people that, um, because sometimes you guys are in my DMs. So so I just say fuck it. Let's just talk about it. I don't know what Moxley fatigue you guys have. Now is he on TV? I think for Moxley. The best balance for like I think the best balance for any wrestler is to not be on TV every week. I call it the Brock Lesnar effect. Um, now you need to be on TV some obviously, but like I think it needs to be more spread out like Roman Reigns, right? Where he, yeah he's a he's technically part time now, but you see him at least two two or three times a month, which is not a lot considering the amount my television time WWE has. I think Moxley is such the heart and soul of this company. And he said professional wrestling. I mean, I don't argue with that. He definitely he, he definitely is. I'll just say it. I think they put him on TV because it's C-safe. Yeah, he curses a lot. He bleeds a lot. I get all that. But it's like he's just so consistent. Think about this. He took himself off television last year when he was going to be in a main event match against Brian Danielson. To get to get alcohol treatment, and then he comes back on. This dude has been on fire, and you can say it's absolutely it's a booking, but who else would you put in these positions? Moxley's just really fucking good. You want to have a brawl, death match? Right, put him in that shit with Kenny Omega. You want to have a classic wrestling match? Put him in, put him in a match with Brian Danielson. Remember that Revolution match happened this year. So much has happened since then. We've lost all control over the wrestling world since then. But that was just February this year when him and Brian Danson went to Revolution, had a classic match, and then we saw then we saw the, the debut of William Regal, where they formed the Blackpool Combat Club. Think about that. So, to me, I don't have Moxley fatigue, but also you guys got to remember this. I'm a different breed of a wrestling fan. And when I say that, I say that with all due respect to you guys, I don't sit there and say, man, this is miserable, and continue to watch it. People get so surprised. Hey, have you seen the first Incredible Hulk with that uh, with Eric Banya, I think his name is. No, why would I watch it? It looks like shit. I've seen snaps. I've seen snapshots, and I'm like, wow, that CGI looks terrible. It was well, it was 2005. Yeah, I hear you, homie. Still not watching it. I've never seen Green Lantern. Oh, it's not that. It's not that great of a movie. It's pretty bad, though. You could watch it, and no, I'm not watching that shit. Get the fuck all fuck all the way off. I'm not watching it. I do not watch it despite my face. Like I, I had no interest in seeing the Joker as an Oscar-winning film. I still have no interest in seeing it because it just doesn't. It I've I I can't sp- express this enough. Doing the podcast a couple years ago. When it was called a different name, when I repent. I'm gonna do it again. I started doing it by myself after uh, Cold Conscious ended up moving to California. I remember vividly thinking to myself, "Man, I'm burnt out," and I got. I think it was the first time in my life I dealt with burnt out. I was burnt out on everything creatively. I don't think I did anything creatively for like a year's thing. A year's being strong. I'll be on the safe side and say six to eight months. That was a long time gone without doing something creative, in my career. And so, I remember vividly. I remember just, f- I started thinking back, dude. I sat down. I remember I would be like watching three hours of Raw. Like, I never sighed during wrestling, never. And I still find myself doing that now. So now, I, w- I said, watch what you want to watch. If you don't find this interesting, don't watch it. And someone says later on, hey, that's that's kind of dope. You might want to check that shit out. Cool. I'll get to it, but don't feel the need that you have to watch it. So I don't watch it. And so I don't know. I feel like John Moxley has not been born. I feel like, I feel like because he has been the safe pick, it's one of those situations where it's like, maybe I, I, I know I, I can't even say that. I always try to see things from both sides. I don't get it. I don't get the John Moxley. I really don't. Now, once again, all right, here's what I was going to say. Let's word this the right way. I get it if you watch every single last wrestling thing. Because we got to remember, he's still the, he, at one point in time, he was this dude was world champion for two different companies. So if you watch GCW and you watch New Japan Strong and you watch AEW, yeah, you probably do have John Moxley for because he's, he's on all three shows. He does so many different wrestling shows. So yeah, if that's the case, then that's one thing. I do not watch GCW, I report on it and I'll see clips of it, and I may watch a match or two, and someone's like, hey, man, check this shit out. That's why you guys haven't heard me report about GCW in a while. I have not heard it. Like, usually, it's this is a guy who, who listens. Shout out to uh, shout out to Brad. Um, he loves GCW, and he's the one that will be in my DMs. Hey, man, check this shit out, and then he'll send me the match. So I don't have fatigue, but I also don't consistently watch those those things um i don't consistently watch new J- new new japan strong i will watch certain matches on it like i'll keep up with uh certain people like okada and not, not even the, the smaller the biggest not just the bigger names the smaller names as well but um i don't get it but i guess now that i've broken it down if you do all that then i get it because you guys are probably wrestling next. like you guys probably are like me when i was much much younger when i legit watched everything but even then there was no crossover and the crossover was very, very limited. I never considered WCW-ECW crossover. WCW was just stealing their talent. And even when WWE and WWE and ECW had crossover, it, it was very tame. No one usually won. Like you had Sabu and fucking... Who was it? Sabu and... I know RVD and Road Dog had match that went to a Double DQ or something. Because of politics, And I think Taboo had a match that he, he put them someone through a table, and then they. Were, it was not many winners and losers, so the, the, it was different than now. Now you have clean winners. Now you have legitimately companies who are like, "Hey, I want to put the world title on you. Cool." And now you, and he's never gonna hold. He's never gonna wear the GCW championship on an AEW television, right? But he could. So now that I'm saying it out loud, I think I get that, but I don't have it. So for me, it's not a big deal. And, and that's why I was listening to someone, and they brought up a good point. They said Moxley has to win this championship. And I said, why? They said, because. last thing I want is for Brian Danielson to hold this champion. A lot of people are under the impression that, that this that MJF is not catching in on this, this championship match at, at um, full gear. He's catching in the end of the night. So I'm like, you know what? They've never done it as a cash-in before. But essentially, that's how I can see him doing it, too. Why would he Why would he have a fair match as MJF? Even though he's being cheered like a bit. Dude, he was trying so hard to be a heel tonight. People aren't going to let it happen. He is going to have to eventually. I know he doesn't want to do it. Jericho even talked about it. Jericho said he had a conversation with MJF. And he said, Hey, you're about to be a babyface. And he said, MJ said, I don't want to be a babyface. It doesn't matter what you want to do. The fans are about to turn you babyface. And it reminded me of a conversation that Mick Foley t- said that him and Steve Austin were having. They were driving down the road. And this is after Mick Foley had did the Mankind interview with uh Jim Ross, where he completely healed up. He says, I can't believe you would do this to me. I thought you were my friend. He slaps Jim Ross's head off, puts the manimal claw on him. And this is terrible. First of all, J.R. should never do more interviews in the back. He gets, always gets beat up or cursed at. But he's coming off as a complete crazy guy. Heel. You hear uh, a woman yelling, ah, in the background. And uh, apparently I, this is a, a road trip right after that interview aired. And and Austin's like, hey, kid, uh, what's, what's happening? And they're turning your baby face? And Matt said, no, just adding more depth to the character. And Mick, Mick Foley went to this, this, this great key soliloquy, see I can't say that word right goes into this great soliloquy of, I should say that again um, and he's like no they're just doing this and add more depth and he said Steve Austin come up and said oh you'll be babyface in two months kid <laughs> and he was he was being cheered at SummerSlam doing the elbow job from the top row like so these fans, he, he literally cuts the promo of his life in June goes on a vacation for two months comes back Dude, he's gonna be cheered. Now how you turn him babyface or to a tweener, he has to be more of a Steve Austin type of tweener. Where it's more of, hey, you wanna go fucker, let's go. It has that's to me that's the best way that can work. But these two dude, look at it. Moxley's one that came out in tonight's promo after Moxley's match, uh when against Timmy Guevara MGF cuts the promo and he's talking about Moxley. This is the only way it can go. So, you can legitimately do two things at once next week. Have Brian Danielson, Moxley, Moxley beat Danielson, get a three-time AEW World Championship, and then it lasts for all 30 seconds. And the firm, which we'll get to in just one second, screws over Moxley, beats down Moxley and Brian, and then MGF just catches in. And you could say, well, where's the Blackpool Combat Club? Um... And maybe it could beat them down, too. They're not on a TV show next week at all. I can tell it was right now. So that's how it's going to have to be. So um, it was Moxley. I mean, MJF cuts a promo on, on Moxley. And then he introduces the firm. And he, said, he finally acknowledged what Stokely Hathaway did for him. So you have Stokely Hathaway come out with um, Morrissey, Lee Moriarty, the Gun Club, and Page, Eagle Ethan Page. And he says they're the firm. And they're under retainer. And the way it works is, and I don't think I've ever seen this in professional wrestling, where it's a faction that's not really a faction. When I say that, these are people, these are all hired guns. I think of fucking the John Wick franchise. And the way it's based is they all have different agendas and different goals. And once those goals are met, they go their own way. So, example, he said the Gun Club wants the tag team championships. Ego Page wants the All-Atlantic championship. Lee Moriarty wants the pure championship. And Morrissey is just a big... I don't recall what Morrissey wanted. But, essentially, let's say if all those things happen, they're not going to happen. The Gun Club are not winning the fucking tag team titles. They will be first in line, though, when the Acclaim win next week. Um, But, let's say if all four things happen then they all disband because now they don't need each other anymore because they're hired guns to get to the absolute goal. So it's a faction, you know, it's a faction that's not really a faction because they only do what they need to do higher. So essentially, they're all hired guns for each other and MJF, which I thought was really creative. And um, obviously, Stokely Hathaway is a <laughs> dude. If this is your first interaction, watch, or first time watching Stokely Hathaway, uh, he's brilliant. My first time watching Stokely Hathaway, I was in, I was at ROH show many years ago, and he was just talking, 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 and I was like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" And I was like, "And why do I want to punch him in his face and hug him at the same time?" <laughs> it was great stuff, you know. And so, um, for me personally. I've had a ton of exposure to him. That's the world's I was looking for. Um, but, yeah, I, I I thought it was good. Um, but I thought this was a very creative way, and I thought that it was, it was um, very wise to acknowledge it. And, yes, MJF was telling the truth, for you guys who are wondering. He has known him since his MLW days. Where uh, And, honestly, uh, for fans of this podcast, go back and listen to the Selena De La Renta interview I did uh, a year ago now, over a year ago now. Um, she managed MJF as well. So he has a ton of history with people managing him. But Stokely Hathaway was one of those people where they're legitimately friends. Like, th- he managed him and uh, they helped each other out tremendously. So I thought this was actually a really good thing. And the most surprising thing to me was, that's a, I, I like the guy. But Ego Ethan Page had a huge pop. Like, Like, me personally, the minute I knew he was underrated... And it's funny. So I get a lot of questions a lot of times about people who, why, what do you think about this person? I don't hear you talking about them that much. Well, a lot of times when I'm doing a show, I can say my love for Christian because there's so many like-minded fans that listen to this podcast. Um, so I can say that because then people are like, yeah, fuck, yeah, Christian, blah, 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 right? Like when I look at people like Ethan Page, I like them. And I always do the, the, the autograph test. That's what I call it. So I went to Detroit earlier this year, and I remember vividly, um, he, he, he got, I think it was, I went there, I went there for a a panel, obviously, I knew MJF was going to be there, so I was like, oh, that's cool, I'm going to get his autograph. Then, like, maybe three weeks before, I saw Ego Ethan Page there, I was like, oh, he's going to be there, that's cool. And I wasn't sure he was going to get his autograph for now, because I had nothing for him to sign, he's never had an action figure except for those, um, those old, I don't know what the name. They weren't L J F. They were they were the tiny ones. that had like the little pump handle grip, and it was they were wacko. They were good for the time, but they, they they're wackamundo now to me. But he had his own, and so um, I ended up getting autograph from him and everything like that. And I remember vividly like I didn't hesitate to get it. I, mean, I said I didn't know at first, just because I was like I know how busy I was gonna be. Spoiler alert: once I did my panel, like Sunday was dead. I, I did the panel on Saturday um but sunday because sunday was sunday was dead like i was there's no one to really uh network with and so literally i went i went to the store i saw this bomb at i saw first of all troy had some dope ass comic book stores and so i ended up getting uh, I a ruby wright action figure i was like fuck it i'm gonna go back to the fucking con get her autograph and get his autograph but so anyways. I, do, I call it the autograph test. If I have to ask a question to myself, do I have to. I don't really want their autograph. So, anyways, essentially what happened was, guys autograph, and he was just so damn like cool. I like, man, this dude. Because he, he, he's a vlog too, and he shows the personality. He's an action figure collector as well. But I said, man, this dude's actually just cool, and, and I, I, I was always in the fence about him. I was on offense about him because of them putting him with Dan Lambert. And I think Scorpio Sky's hurt, that's why he's been out. But, um,. I didn't mind appearing with him and Scorpio Sky. I liked it when they put him with Dan Lambert. I was like, these guys don't need a talker. Now like maybe Scorpio, maybe Scorpio Sky, but not he, not Paige. He can talk. And then I remember fast forward to that match right before he had a Miro, I I wasn't paying attention to the road to whatever the show that was. And Jonathan Esther sends me his thing. and says, "Dude, listen to what he said." I don't remember the bar he said. He said, I think he said something like put my face on a Jesus piece or something like that, or I'm Jesus. I don't know. It was such a dope line that when Scorpio Sky like looked at him, it was like, I was like, I said, Man, this dude was like, he killed that. And I was like, Alright, cool. So I knew it was the reason I liked him, right? Um, to me, he, he got a huge pop and I was like, Man, okay. That's that should be that should be taken. Someone should take notes on that, right? Because um, that's just a something interesting there anyways um i thought that was a dope way to introduce the firm and a good way to explain it but also it's even a way to say hey we don't we're not real like if we're not fulfilling each other's needs we don't have to be together we won't be together and when we do fulfill them hey i'm a so let's just say if the gun club wins the tag team championships they can go their own way now they've gotten what they fucking wanted and maybe if they see an opportunity to help ego page out and yes, they called him Ego on purpose. Because that's his name. Um, and maybe they can jump in. When it, but they don't have to be together all the time. I thought that was fucking smart. Next up, we had Jay Lethal battling Jungle Boy in an open contract match. Uh, Jungle Boy won via submission. Good one for him. Afterwards, it was a pizza man. Apparently, this is a pe- famous pizza man in New York. He was like, he had a dough in his hand. Maybe two seconds into it, Paige just gave him a huge fucking boot. I said, I'm the only person that takes this job seriously. Dan Housen came out of nowhere. He didn't challenge Dan Housen. First of all, it was hilarious. Because I'm sitting there like, why the fuck? I get it. It's product placement. I'm not mad about product fucking placement. But I'm sitting there like, what the f-? And then all of a sudden, boom, Before I even had a chance to even get a thought out of my head, I was like, okay, it makes sense. Fair enough. Moving on. The powerhouse Hobbs destroys the jobber. Ricky comes out. They start fighting and then at the end of it, uh, Starks gets hit with a microphone. He falls out the ring. This feud is not over, and it should not be over. They still have a couple more good matches. They have, they have better matches in them than the, the, the brief when they had it all out. Earlier in the day, it was confirmed that the Lucha Brothers will get a tag team championship match so they could be double champ status as well and swerve in our glory. This was more just a warm-up test. In my opinion, They they had a limited amount of time. They had more time. They would. They they would have torn the house down as well. But this was still good for the time they had. But you could see how, dude, I'm tearing out. And and Lee wasn't boo- as booed as heavily as Swerve was. But it reminds me of the Kobe Shaq dynamic when Kobe and Shaq were first coming up, and people just love Shaq and they hated Kobe, dude. They hate, I remember them booing Kobe. They hate even at, even in Los Angeles. Yeah, you motherfuckers did that. And it reminds me of because Swerve came out. He was booed heavily. And he and, and he's embracing it. But I can see these two becoming a heel tag team and being a great heel tag team. But Swerve is such a fucking natural heel. He is so, his swag, you know he reminds me of? He reminds me of, a, and I don't know if, how many people listen to hip-hop religiously. He reminds me of a, a wrestler version of Cameron, Where it's swag, it's substance, and it's I don't give a fuck what you think about me. And his song fits everything about. I loved everything about this. I can't wait till next week when they will be booed heavily against the acclaimed. And I can't wait until we see them turn. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a double turn and not just a double turn, but a title change as well. So, anyways, uh, Lucha Brothers end up losing this. Swerving and our glory get the the victory. Um, The acclaimed come out towards said they're gonna win the tag team championships. Nothing really special here, but this—I mean—I'm curious. On this two-hour show, the main event has to get time to because you're crowning a new world champion. You just saw what these two teams did. They legit had. They, once again, I they, that match will be in my top ten this year. At the end of the year, we still have months to go, but that match will be in the top ten. Now you see that. How much time do you give them? i believe it all out they had 20 something matter of fact let's look that shit up right now as i'm as i'm talking to you guys uh, uh i don't know what to google here bro. Let's, let's just look at Uh. oh wikipedia that's never wrong, right? Right? No, maybe I don't fucking know. Let's look. Alright. It usually does have the time, though. Let's see. Yeah, it usually has the time. Alright. So, that match had. Had 22 minutes. Will they get 22 minutes? They should. Because that that, that that will be the match of the night again. That will be the match of the night. And that's going to be such a hard act for the world championship match to follow. They will do it. But that's going to be the match of the fucking night. So. I, I'm just curious. I'm not curious. I just believe. I don't know how the double turn happens, though. Is it, they do they beat them down afterward? There's no way the Acclaim do not want, because here was my thinking, and this is terrible booking, terrible booking one-on-one. The Acclaim needs to win those tag team championships next week because you don't want them to get Enzo and cast, and you don't want them to get the Rockers treatment. The Rockers have never, never won the tag team championships. For all the tag team titles that Shawn Michaels won, once with Triple H, once with fucking John Cena, once with Steve Austin, once with Kevin Nash, he never won with the team, the, with the partner he came into the business with. Which to this day was probably one of the gravest mistakes. And the one time they won, legitimately it's a match that never happened. Don't know how many guys know about that story. Um, and Zone Cast were over in NXT, super over, so over they got called up. They never won the NXT championships. And when they were at their highest, they never won the WWE tag team championships, missed opportunities. And so you don't want to have that. Do you have a double turn when, do you have it to wear swerve cheats to retain? I did that... For as much as I want Swerve and Keith Lee to keep the tag team titles cuz I believe that just they just look so damn good around their waist uh, and around Keith Lee's shoulder. Um it's just not the right call. And I thought about it even harder tonight. How many AED, AEW originals have won gold in AEW. SCU is not an AEW original. Hangman did win the Tag Team Championship, just one half there. I guess you could technically say the Bucks won the Tag Team that's, that's technically AEW originals, I guess. Um, what else do, you, do we have? Um, Darby, Sammy Guevara, um, I think that's it. MJF has never held a championship. Warlow has, has the TNT championship. AW, I mean, but MJF, one of their biggest pillars, has never won a championship. You know, like there's a lot of pillars there who need to win gold. And now with ROH, you can spread the love out a little bit more but they're claimed are the the, t- the team that they focused they've been focusing on them the most since forever they legitimately have um, and so they deserve it and they've earned it so i think you can do the double turn without fucking that up i think to get the m- m- most a massive amount of heat oh my god the neat, the heat in that building would be fucking nuclear fdf the F glory retain those tag team championships i would love to see it but you're also talking to someone who would not mind seeing thanos get the glove in endgame and snap again <laughs> i'm just that sadistic but no the right move is a claim but you and also you just don't want to their, their momentum up they have it it's on their side it, it will be a great moment for them and honestly they can be transitional champions you can have, it, with some heel, with some baby faces, it's much better for the chasing. Shawn Michaels is always like that. That's why Shawn Michaels is only a four time. Think about it Shawn Michaels is, for everything he did, he was only a four time World Heavyweight Champion. Three time WWE Champion. One time World Heavyweight Champion. He lost that World Heavyweight Championship back that very next month of Triple H. He lost the, the third championship reign to Steve Austin. The second championship reign, he surrendered because he lost his smile. And the first one was the longest reign. But he never think about. It, he was not a world. He didn't have many title reigns. Maybe all together, once he started winning those tag team titles, like in the later part of his career, because that's all he won. It maybe turns out to be eleven times he was a champion in WWE. It really was not much. What four time world champion, three time intercontinental champion, one time European champion. Yeah, it's like a twelve time champion. That's not a lot, especially considering that the Attitude Era and More recently, the belts have switched around more than fucking you can imagine. So, anyways, um, we'll, we'll see. But I'm expecting that moment. Anyways, moving forward, Pac ends up getting laid out after he's having an interview with Marvez by Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy says, you're a double-double champ. We'll see how long that's for sure. They explain that. uh, Orange Cassidy has been stalking this dude since he started, like, since he came back to the States and started, uh, defending that All-Atlantic Championship. Orange Cassidy has been a thorn in his side since the day probably since, what, didn't they fight at the first All-Out? No, that was him and Kenny Omega, I think. Um, was it him and Orange Cassidy, I think, at the first All-Out? It was one of the two. But he's been a thorn in Pac's side for sure. Serena Deeb and Britt Baker faced off against Athena, Tony Storm. First of all, all I gotta say this. Sheeta. Fucking Sheeta. I feel like what they what AEW does with Sheeta is say, hey, hey, you wanna go to dinner? Yeah, no problem. Let's go. That sounds dope. Sure, meet us here. And they give her the address to the NXT fucking parking lot, and she gets beat down. So on dark. Britt Baker beats down, you don't see the beat down, it happens in the locker room, but she leaves out with a kendo stick. She beats down Sheeta because she said, Tony Storm, I can't have the partner of my choosing because she blames her for her and Jamie Hayter having a falling out. Then you can't have the partner of your choosing. And so I'm like, why why is she, Sheeta can't stay on TV for more than two months at a time without something going on. Like even two months, wasn't it three months ago? when they said she was injured and she's like no i'm not what we're we talking about here like no one clued me in that this was a storyline but i feel like that's what they do with her hey man let's go to dinner she goes to nc parking lot. says, this looks familiar. oh god no oh, goddamn no 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 it just is so fucking ridiculous can we keep this gorgeous woman who was a great wrestler on tv for a little bit longer than two months at a time or one month Anyways, this was a decent tag team match. Serena Deep got the pin on Tony Storm. This set up for match next week, which we will now, uh, to, which we'll talk about in a second. Jamie Hader came out later on. She snatched the chair from Britt Baker. She nailed Tony Storm to laid her out. And she still is not forgiving her. So this was not like her forgiving Britt Baker. This was her saying, "That's gonna be you." Britt Baker continued to apologize, but this has to be leading to. I, don't, I mean, we still have fucking two months until the pay-per-view, but I would assume the first pay-per-view match would be, or at first, one of the first encounters would have to be on pay-per-view, right? It was not Grand Slam, I don't know how you push it out. For, well, you can push it out because they don't need to be on TV every week, but you can definitely push this out to where Hater gets her first match when finally Britt Baker gets tired of apologizing. Hey, I'm tired of you trying to Brett Hart me. Because <laughs> Goldberg can't catch a break. He keeps apologizing. He finds something not apologizing anymore um so i feel like i feel like that is a a dope move there it could happen and in the main event brian danielson defeated chris jericho via tap out this was the first time this was a nice fun fact i love this i love fun facts that chris jericho lost to brian danielson ever did not know this like to me and i heard someone else say this brian danielson loses too much i'm like you know what for, for a long time, I thought, man, Jericho just comes in to fucking lose, which was one of his problems with WWE, which is why he left. He said, I just was gonna, just gonna be a Mick Carter, and I didn't think about Brian Danson losing because so used to seeing him lose because at the end of his run of WWE, he was a part of creative, so he was putting people over like people like Cesaro, and I know he wanted to wrestle, wrestle Grand Metalik. I know he won. I know him and AJ Styles that wrestled in the finals of the Intercontinental Championship tournament. And all this other shit. So it was like to me, it's like one of those things where I'm so used to seeing him just be so giving that it just didn't cross my mind. But also at the same time, I'm so I think Brian Danielson's one of those wrestlers. You're so used to me, my perspective. I'm so used to seeing without championships that I don't associate them with him. Pac. He was so well used when he was before his WWE NXT days that I was so used to seeing him with championships and him putting people over. Then he was NXT, he's the NXT champion for a long time. Then he gets called up, he's immediately a cruiserweight. And yeah, he had cruiserweight title, but I believe he's one of those talents that's so good, but you're used to seeing him with championships. Brian Danielson, wasn't he the one that came up with the peer championship in Ring of Honor? And he held it for a good long time, but he's just always been giving to where a lot of times I'm like, it's cool to see him with gold, But he usually doesn't have it for very long. So it's kind of like, all right, cool. I'm just good. It was cool seeing him have a a dope-ass match. You know, but he does lose too fucking much. You know, I I didn't even realize. I I, I, think about this year alone, high-profile losses. First to Moxley, a revolution. To Hangman. Well, first to Hangman, then Moxley. Then he's the one who took the losing fall at... uh, double or nothing which caused a concussion that left him out then in his first match back he lost to daniel garcia yeah he got that win back but those are four high profile losses right there then he lost again to jericho like like him he he needed these last two wins against hangman against and against jericho so um this was a, a decent match but i'm actually looking forward to the match next week as well so next week they said they've set up as we're wrapping this show up now, which we've gone longer than I've expected. Sorry about that. Well, no, I'm not complaining. Fucking. Um, so we set up for next week for Grand Slam Wednesday. I won't talk about Grand Slam Friday until next Wednesday. We have the main event World Championship, Brian Danielson, John Moxley. Moxley is going to obviously win, but this should be a fun match. Swerving in our glory, the acclaimed two. This will be a double turn. This will be. The heel turn for Swerve Strickland. And this will be the acclaimed getting their tag team championships uh, and and putting the cherry on top of what's been a hell of a year for these guys. Pac defends his All-Atlantic championship against Orange Cassidy. You know, I don't think this match was originally supposed to happen. I know they set this up kind of at at at, um, All-Out. I don't know if it's supposed to happen here or not. Orange Cassie, this is when I was drawing a blank earlier. Orange Cassie's the other AEW guy that's never held any championship. Pac's a double champion. He'll only be a devil champ for two weeks. I'm going go with Pac retaining. and cl- These two have great chemistry. I'm going with Pac retaining, though. And in the, the women's match that we were talking about earlier, is now official fatal four-way for the Interim AEW Women's Championship, Tony Storm defending against Serena Deeb, Athena, and Britt Baker. Jamie here is is going to screw Britt Baker. Screw Britt Baker. Baker. Um, I could talk, right? Um, but Storm's retaining. The, the 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 end game is Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa to unify those championships, and I'm not going to, going to deviate from that. So, um, that's my opinion on those matches. Are my predictions? As more matches come out, we still have the Monday show, so I may do that. Um, but, yeah, that is your Dynamite review. Like I said, we have two more weeks of this. Uh, but, yeah, it's getting late, and I got to get some food and uh, get set up for tomorrow. So I'm going to go get some food, upload this, and uh, I'll talk to you guys on Monday. I am The Slow Chemical, and we are out. Have a good week, guys. Have a good rest of the week.